Hi, Spring fans. Welcome to a beautiful podcast. I'm your host, Spring Developer Advocate Josh Long, and this show is all about the real heroes behind Spring and its ecosystem. Hi, Spring fans. Welcome to another installment of a beautiful podcast. How are you this fine 25th of January, 2024? Can you believe it? We're nearly at the end of the month. I can't believe it. Uh, I am uh, only only ever so aware uh, because it's the it's my birthday at the end of the month, uh, and it's also my late father's birthday, right? Um, and so I tend to see that as a bit of a mini horizon among many uh, around the year. And uh, it was just kind of, I mean, it's just really interesting. Um, I can't believe it. We're almost a 12th of the way through the new year. I'm still wishing people happy new year. I'm that guy. I'm the guy that wears happy new years on his sleeve for, for like the first month, way past the time where it's no longer appropriate, you know, but, um, but still, I, I love it. And I can't believe we're already a 12th of the year done. I mean, that's just, it's moving too quick, friends. It's way too quick. Um, yeah, we're, uh, it's good, but, uh, uh, that's it. I, my brain is also a little confused at the moment. I got back from Switzerland yesterday. I had the privilege of being in the Italian part of Switzerland, uh, Lugano, uh, in particular in Ticino, uh, for the Voxed Days Ticino event last week. Um, and then this week I was in, uh, the French part of Switzerland, uh, Geneva, well, actually outside of Geneva at CERN. Yes, that's CERN, right? The, uh, the Conseil Européen pour la Recherche Nucléaire, right? Uh, where they uh, where they work on physics and do all sorts of cool stuff. And famously, they discovered discovered the uh, the so-called God particle, right? Uh, back in 2012, the the Higgs boson particle that sort of uh, moved out some of the tenets of quantum physics, which had been theorized and even put into practice in some cases. And uh, and you might about you might have heard about uh, in that new movie, which is sweeping the Oscars. Uh, Oppenheimer, right? And uh, in, in that movie, they sort of pitted Oppenheimer against Albert Einstein. There's a bit of a dissonance there. There's a bit of a, a conflict, a perceived a dramatic, you know, movie conflict between Albert Einstein and Oppenheimer's physics. Um, and yeah, there's a bit of a disagreement, but, uh, but the point is, it's just sort of, it's just interesting. I mean, some of the most amazing stuff, obviously Einstein was, uh, you know, one of the, most, one of the best one of the brightest geniuses ever to have lived, uh, and he got so, so much right, but apparently there's some stuff that he just sort of, it was just out of his grasp, or uh, he didn't quite, he couldn't quite see his way to get from there to to here, uh, and uh, <clears throat> and that's okay. They couldn't even prove it all until just recently, and it took 60-plus-odd years, and they finally did it in 2012. Uh, the last sort of tenant that they needed to, to say, yeah, okay, if quantum physics are a thing, uh, they confirmed in 2012, and that 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 research institute so that's such an amazing thing and uh when i was there i got to have great some like some great conversations about all sorts of stuff well i mean oh invariably it's probably the jvm and spring right but 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 within that within that fairly nebulous uh constraint um there's all sorts of great conversations that we that were had and uh today we're gonna have one of those today's guest is patrick baumgartner who's a uh trainer uh among other things he works he trains people on how to build amazing boss off software with spring and he's been in the ecosystem uh for decades he's just uh, he's an old old friend and really glad to have had a chance to uh, sit down with him and catch up and if you're in europe and you want somebody to help you get to production faster with spring then you absolutely want patrick baumgartner um and uh yeah so just enjoy today's episode my friends have a great weekend and uh, as always we'll see you next week
welcome back. We're uh, where are we? We're in CERN, yeah. Boxed Days CERN, live from Boxed Days CERN. Uh, and you and I were just lucky enough to be in Boxed Boxed Days to Chino. So we're in essentially Switzerland whole time. And you are? I'm Patrick. So um, I'm actually a long-time spring trainer and also do quite a lot of things in the spring ecosystem and also I'm speaker here. And actually, like Voxdes Zurich, Voxdes Ticino, and Voxdes Cern belong to the same family. Yeah. And we just had the pleasure, actually, to take a ride, uh, being speaker at Voxdes Ticino, and then taking a ride, actually, over to the Voxdes Cern and spend the whole weekend together. Right. Oh, that was so good. Going through the Swiss Alps on trains and the beauty uh, the beauty about uh, ah. Doing chocolate and cheese. Yeah. Like all the, the nice things. And the pizza. Don't forget the pizza. <laughs> we, we temporarily passed through it's Italy. So, I, you know, I'm allowed to do the pizza. Did, did you have the visa for, for Italy? Yeah. Well, sure. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. The Schengen visa. But, I, but nobody would have known because the train just goes right through it. Like, in theory, somebody could have jumped out of the train. Is there such a thing as a visa for which it's only valid in Switzerland? No. So the Schengen visa is, is good enough, obviously. Yeah. Like, yeah. if I can get into Switzerland, there's no situation where I couldn't get into Italy, right? Yeah. Okay, so it's fine. So you were some moot. Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, what a what a place. What a, this whole, geez, we, we, were, we were in the Italian part of Switzerland. So Switzerland, like Belgium, uh, is, a, is a country of other countries, right? It's a country container. So it has, <laughs> it's a container of countries. It has um, the Italian part, the German part, and the French part. And so we passed through all three on our en route here, we went to the German, Zarmat is yeah, German, German speaking. Right? And then Ticino is Italian and here we're in Geneva, the French part, or one of the, a part of the French part. So basically we were traveling the south parts of Switzerland, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and we are now next door to France and uh, we're at CERN, mm -hmm. which straddles both uh, countries, right? Uh, which is, talk about the spirit of collaboration, you know? What a place. So, um. So, okay, so anyway, we're here. This has been fun. We're, we got to hang out, uh, but I've known you for years, and it's just really nice to finally get a chance to catch up. And what I was hoping, we could just have a quick conversation about whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm curious. You're going to be doing a talk later on. I do a talk in Spring Boot, obviously, because I am doing Spring for a long time. Right. But the thing is actually, like, what you, Josh, are showing is always, like, the nice examples. And I know that you love actually production. I do. But actually, I'm going to show like how do you optimize Spring Boot applications okay. in production, right. how to run them faster, how you, that you can basically like start up your application like twice as fast, yeah. saving about 30% memory and also like optimizing container sizes. Talk to me about that. What is, so there's, there's several different dimensions there. There's a startup and then there's runtime and there's container RAM, uh, sorry, uh, disk size yeah right? so okay pick just pick one and start what are we what are we looking at here i mean what's the, the most important of those metrics for you by the way so for me the one thing actually you forgot about is actually also throughput because i didn't mention oh, it okay. so that it's also quite important to make our applications more efficient right but the thing is definitely like you have so many things you can actually optimize and you just cannot like pick all of them because sometimes um when you want to run your application a little more like uh, performance, having more throughput, maybe you're going to use CrawlVM without the native image part, right. but then actually like a container size gets bigger because it's just like way more heavier. 
Right. And I'm a huge fan actually also of build packs. So I, I um, construct my demos always with the build packs. Right. Because that basically just like reduces the cognitive load of the developers. Totally. And you don't need to know like how to do things. But I've been experimenting also with technologies like Crack, for example, where you still don't have a proper build pack yet. But um, we'll find out what, what they actually will do. And I met Gary Grunwald. Um, at Vox Cicino, and I told him, can you actually make sure that, for example, maybe the guys from Azul or the guys from even Bellsoft could actually come up with a build pack which includes actually like the crack, crack part, yeah. which would be quite nice. And crack, for those who don't know, it's actually like a technique um, in the JDK where you snapshot a running application like memory and all the optimizations. And then actually like when you restart the application, you can already... Uh, preloaded with this information and it's it's blazing fast. I would say comparable to actually uh, like what we see with with the Graal VM native images. Yeah, yeah, and it's coordinated restore checkpoint, right? So uh, it's a thing that was initially spearheaded by Azul Systems, like you said. Uh, and uh, we actually had Giltenny on the very on the podcast back in 2018, mm -hmm. I think. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's, it's been a long time coming, but it's now here. You can get as he just mentioned, uh, uh, Azul has. Uh, Zulu, their JDK, yeah. and uh, and then um, Bellsoft as well, America. yeah. Since um, since a few one one yeah. month, one two months, yes. So you can download it there, and uh, and basically it's a based on a Linux technology called Cryu, and Cryu is only Linux. So if you're on Windows and Mac, you can just just enjoy your. Uh, glacially slow uh, startup times. But also, like, what I don't like, even if you run WSL with an Ubuntu inside your Windows, it does not work, actually. Right. You really have to have a virtual machine with all the infrastructure um, abstracted, and then actually it's it's working. Right. So yeah, really, you have to have real, real Linux, otherwise it's not going to work. Which is sad. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, an, it's an amazing tech, but it's only Linux only, and the idea is basically take a photo of your image, the process running, save it to disk, and then use that to bootstrap and when you start it with a crack on another JRE, you're not you're not pointing to the jar, you're pointing to this image. Yeah. Exactly. And it just it doesn't reinitialize, it just blips into memory. DDIFs the data of the file into RAM, basically. And what what I find surprising is also about the time, because you snapshot the time as well, and mm -hmm. you get like wrong dates when you start the image right. at the beginning. So um, because it's really, it's really like snapshot. Sensitive to everything. Yeah. yeah. You have to give it a second to re recalibrate. Any plans for crack support on Windows in the future? Well, it's again, it's a, it's not up to, it's not up to crack. It's up to Windows. Microsoft would have to make that decision. You know, I, I'm, I wonder if they have something like that. Surely, I don't think so. And even what I heard from Mark Reinholds was that it will never make it into the Open JDK, in, into the proper default Open JDK, because they they can't make it work actually, like for macOS and Windows, because uh. it's a technical thing. And but the Spring team is supporting it. Um, from the last version they released in, in um, November, like the yeah. Spring 6.1. And actually, like Jürgen Hörler told me that they are going to continue supporting this because it's like a really nice technology and um, you can have all the advantages with debugging and things you don't have at the moment, like with the GraalVM native images, yeah. Yeah, and the debugging situation, if there is a drawback to GraalVM, it is certainly that debug cycle. Uh, I was talking to uh, Thomas Wertinger at DevOps Belgium last year and uh, November, October, whatever. Yeah, October. It was. It was a. Anyway, um, he he. There's no firm timelines, no dates. He was even on the show. He talked about it there, which is basically, uh, you know, the the hope is that they can bootstrap, uh, 
that, that, that you could, given a class path, which is fixed most of the time, compute an index, which then allows you to uh, recompile only the delta okay. of the image. So instead of recompiling and recomputing the whole uh, reachability graph each time, you only recompute the delta of what's changed in the code that you've since changed since last comp compilation. Why is that important? Because now, in theory, compilation could go from, say, 45 seconds, 55 seconds down to five seconds, which is still longer than a regular JRE compile, but it's it's manageable. And uh, and the reason why he mentioned that is because debugging support is not imminent. Yeah. But, but this faster compile, to compile time might be within the next 12 months, and that would give us at least faster print line printout <laughs> Uh, console log debugging, um, which is kind of a sad state of affairs, but I'll take it. I'll take it. Okay. I want that. Uh, but yeah, if you're on JRE and you're just using Project Crack, um, now it is still a little tedious actually, because you're on, if you're on the Mac, you have to set up a remote debugger for the Docker image running your crack program, right? It's, it doesn't work on the Linux. It doesn't work on Mac directly anyway. Yeah. But, um, but the code is Java. So that's nice. Like it's, but the remote debugger thingy with um, Spring Boot is quite easy with yeah. the rest endpoint and things like that. And it could be worse. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, oh, another question. Hi, Ibrahim. Welcome. Thanks for joining yeah. us. Hi. Uh, so yeah, just uh, so there is actually quite a lot to um, optimize, and also like in very simple terms to optimize, like in, in a Spring Boot application. And when I when I started the journey, actually, I started the journey with that talk I'm giving. Uh, tonight, this afternoon here, what time? Um, last last year in Ticino, yeah. and I learned so much coming up with so many different ideas, having these nice discussions with others, and like we we try to find even like more things, and it almost reminds me what happened with the one billion rogue um, like rogue, challenge because right. like they are pushing it further, and yeah, and so in a small time uh, um, thing, we had Gunner on the show yesterday, yeah. So if you for those of you watching, if you haven't watched that episode, go back. It just explodes. Two or three episodes. <laughs> it's just a whole it can be an explosion of different uh, of different uh, advances in uh, you know accelerating your application. Um, so okay, so we, we we project crack is really good. Uh, that it's it's the uh, coordinated restored checkpoint. And it's why is it important to know about it? Why if it's so good? Why do you have to know about it? Well, there's a life cycle. Remember, it's going to take a photo of your app. The last thing you wanted to do is to take a photo of your passwords and your sensitive things and also sockets, like a file descriptor pointing to a socket, a network socket, that's nonsensical. You don't want to take a photo of your socket descriptor on this machine and then start the image on another machine where that file descriptor would make no sense, right? So you need you have a life cycle that you now need to be aware of. You have to clear out that stuff. So Spring has support for uh, if you implement uh, initializing bean and uh, disposable bean, um, you can participate in the setup and destruction of things like connection pools and all that right before the, the photograph, right before the checkpoint, and then right after the restore, right? You mm -hmm. can reinitialize things after the restore. You can destroy things right before the photo, right? And that's a, that's in Spring Boot 6. Spring Framework 6.1 and Spring Boot 3.2. Um, all of this is very important, right? Like it's a very, it makes it really possible to go fast. So, okay, I like Project Rep. Good, good, good stuff. What else do you got? Well, I'm, I I did experiments like with the build packs, for example, with G-Link. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. That's an easy thing, like experimenting with different Java versions, for example, um, adding um, compiler parameters, uh, not compiler, but um, parameters for the JVM, for example. Right. Um, just like a few things here and there. And then obviously also like the virtual threads. Did you cast? Doesn't talk? No. Wait, did you cast? Hello? 
Okay, just allow. Okay, I'll put that. Okay, so yeah, you added. So J link is another thing. That's a really great option, right? Modularity, right? That's the Java module system. Um, oh, sorry, Nikolai. Don't trip. No. Okay. <laughs> sorry. Um, so uh, yeah, the modularity is really, really important, right? Like, uh, does that actually effectively reduce the runtime footprint? Um, no, but they need size. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, well, not just maybe, maybe really a bit, a bit, but it's so it's not so much. But actually, like the, the image size of the container will be like way less. Yeah, yeah, because you don't have to pack the full yeah. JRE, right? Yes, exactly. And that means also like transfer time for the images when you send things over over the All network right. and so on. You can reduce it. And uh, as I found out, the the virtual threads are really as good as they promised. You know, that makes also like huge difference. And it's basically in Spring Boot just to flag you turn on Spring which... that threads that virtual that enabled equals true. Yeah. And you don't even have to recompile your code. You just as long as you're using Spring Boot 3.2, just minus D, Spring that threads that virtual that enabled equals true when you run the jar, right? Yeah, and it's Tell actually it's, it's actually awesome because um, um, that the uh, embedded Tomcat just gets instructed to use the virtual threads. Yeah, and it's just by default there, and you don't you don't see anything, but you just get like way better throughput, and it's really more lightweight and so on. And I'm really looking forward like how things evolve. And another thing, actually, like what I discovered, because I'm like benchmarking since a year, different versions of Java, different versions of the of the Spring Boot, and so on. Right. Like every tiny major version makes a difference. Because usually my customers, because I do also some consulting, they they say, yeah, we run on that version, and we just stick like for the next two years on the same version and don't upgrade. But man. Every micro version actually is like changing the, the, the performance of, of the JVM. And it's, it's really like insane right. to see that because when you have the numbers and you can compare them, you really see, I, sometimes I think, I don't know, but sometimes I think the guys at Oracle, they just push out the version and then afterwards they're going to optimize later. No, there's people working on this stuff all the time. That's really nice because I don't have people, you know, in most organizations, they don't have people just optimizing the code base full time, right? They have other things to do. So the fact that Oracle's assigned somebody just to help you go faster for free, like that's amazing, right? We're in the open JDK community, you know, with large. Yeah, so it's not just only bug fixing actually or security yeah. fixes, Optimization. but it's really like you should go for the latest version of Java like all the time because you can save so much money in the cloud and yeah. actually like save resources and yeah. Can you speak about the virtual threads? So what are virtual threads first of all? Well, the virtual threads are are just a lightweight version of threads, which are basically like on top of a platform thread, they mm -hmm. call it. So that means like um, the regular thread would be like part of the operating system. And now they put like virtual threads on top and they're just like way lightweighter to 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 create. Yeah. And yeah, but they're somehow still like connected to, to a platform thread. And you see also like, I think you did that in the demo um, yesterday or like last actually week. today and like last right. week, uh, where you could even see like that the virtual threads were like um, changed to another carrier thread actually. Right, isn't that cool? It's magic, it's like the yeah. best thing. Um, and again, just change your factory, just change the constructor for your thread and that's it. Or just use that property and you get that benefit. And so now in effect, you it, it lets you pretend you can create millions of threads because it'll transparently move you from one actual thread to another. The code changes not at all, and uh, you get this incredible sort of. Uh, you can handle a good deal, many more requests yeah, at the same exactly. time, right? You'll never but, be exhausted. But I think actually, like what I saw is like there is some more need for RAM. 
Yeah, yeah. So you have you need more RAM if because you have like more virtual threads in your application. More. Yeah. Um, that's maybe a drawback, and that's something you see. Right. Yeah. Well, so do you have any numbers on the uh, performance? On I would have some numbers in my presentation, oh. but I don't actually recall like all the details. So okay, well, so if you're at CERN, go see that presentation. I'm sure it'll be recorded somewhere. It's recorded, yes. Okay. And that was why I have like my my slides on the my GitHub repositories with all the examples. So what is that GitHub repository? Yeah, it's actually Pat Baumgartner, like my handle I use like everywhere. Okay. And there you will find my talk from from this, and it's called like Lean Spring Boot Applications for the Cloud. And um, it's public, so you'll find it for sure. That's cool. And actually, like when I meet, also when I organize events for the Java user group, I actually people actually approach me and say, "I have seen your talk there, and I'm using actually your numbers and your examples, and uh, just have a look out there." Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so good. We should get you maybe to do a guest blog in the spring. I hope blog. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. yes. I, let's find. I know out. you've got a lot to do, but <laughs> why not? More on your plate. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think people should go see the talk. We're at Vox Days CERN. Yeah, but, and you're... but you're saying actually like I have lots more things on my plate. And yeah. actually I'm also like organizing with Federico together like Vox Zurich in March. Right. So um, we have like very good speakers. We have an awesome lineup. But it, that stuff is all like crazy, like conferences and submissions for conferences just exploded. Right. So why are you not there? And nobody's invited me. <laughs> hey, I'll be there if I'm, if I'm welcome. Um, Actually, we got a great question here. I think the question is, given the same number of threads, it's less RAM. But the idea is that with virtual threads, you can create a good deal many more exactly. for a little bit more RAM. You know? Yes. Um, it's, it's like I can create millions of threads now. You have more with many, uh, yeah. not much amount of RAM, but right. actually in total, it will be way more. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. the thing. Um, okay. So, but, but the point is, before, you couldn't even create that many threads to begin with. You just... You wouldn't have been able to. So, uh, okay. So, uh, yeah, I would love to go to Zurich. I haven't been to that one in years. I don't think I've been. In years, yes. Yeah. So I think we met. I think I don't remember. 2017, 18, 19, something. What happened like to Jazoon? Well, it just like went away, and that's actually the replacement. We thought Jazoon is missing, and like a proper Java conference in Switzerland is actually missing, and then actually like basically the community took over. And the Rockstays event is like from developers for developers. And we really want to make like conferences like with our needs and not just like somebody who wants to create like lots of tons of money. And we want to have like good content there. So also content like we well, know. See, this is where, so this is why I'm not on the roster. You said good content. Now we know what happened. It's a self-excluding prophecy. That, that's, that's not true. I think, I think actually like there might be some other reasons why. Oh, uh, okay. Um, let's see. So we have a, uh, I don't know. When is Vox, uh, Zurich? Vox Day is Zurich. Vox, Vox Day Zurich is actually like the 7th of March. 7th of March. Yes. Oh, okay. It's a perfect time actually. And, um, in, in spring. Yeah. Yeah. Springtime. <laughs> Springtime. Spring cleaning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all these things. Yeah. That's a, a month and a half. That's not far at all. Uh, that'd be good. All right. Well, I think we're, we should, uh, you know, we should catch up, yeah. Disposable bean uh, uh, time. Are you on the internet? Of course. Do you want to be found? Yes. So just use my handle, Pat Baumgartner, and you find me everywhere. Okay. And um, you're also doing, you do uh, training, right? And you're Obviously, 13 yeah. years, right? Long time. Yeah. Uh, and uh, just an amazing uh, sort of trainer. I've, I've heard people talk about your trainings, well-reviewed, well-rated. Obviously, you're uh, steeped in the spring community. So if I... Might humbly recommend people looking for training in Western and 
uh, well, just anywhere in Europe, Europe, yeah. yeah. Uh, Pam, Pam Baumgartner, just a, 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 you could not be better served. Thanks and also, you. yeah, just connected to all the um, spring community and actually like also contributing to parts of it. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. you're prolific. I appreciate that. So, it's been a pleasure chatting with you, my friend. Um, thanks, everybody, for hanging out. I hope you got something out of it. See you around. Stay tuned to the channel. We'll have more stuff later. You know, it's uh, uh, the day has just begun. Bye-bye. A Beautiful Podcast is produced by me, Josh Long. I do these podcasts because I believe that everything we do in software is for and made better by people. I want to hear from you. I'm Josh at joshlong.com by email or at S-T-A-R-B-U-X-M-A-N on Twitter, where, of course, my direct messages are wide open. Do you have guest ideas, topic suggestions, feedback? Don't hesitate to reach out. If you like the show, then please consider rating it on iTunes and leaving a review, uh, as it really helps the show. I sampled music from Steve Combs's Them from Morning and Springtime and Steve Combs's Small Victory, both of which are licensed under a Creative Commons license. I'm trying to hire production assistants to make the production of this podcast easier. I want to make sure that we can add things like show notes and transcripts and, and just generally do more. If you would like to advertise on the show, then please reach out to me. Uh, and if you can't uh, or don't want to advertise but would like to otherwise support the show, then please consider supporting me at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Josh Long for as low as $4 a month. Thanks again. No harm came to any seasons in the making of this podcast.